I want to talk to you today from this thought, heaven's courtroom, heaven's courtroom. I want to just, just to get us up to speed, perhaps you're joining us online or at Midwest City, Oklahoma City, and you missed last week or the week before, I want to get us all on the same page as we launch forward in this series. Revelations chapter 22 and verse 12 says, look, I am coming soon, I am coming Soon, Jesus says, and we talked about week one of this series, the signs of the end of the age, and we talked about that and looked at different signs that Jesus is coming, and the Bible talks about signs when, that we can know that Jesus is coming, and time as we know it will cease, and we, un, we, we looked at those signs and talked about them and gave statistics about those signs. And matter of fact, how many of you experienced that earthquake yesterday? Anybody, anybody? Yeah, you thought Jesus was coming yesterday, and he could. Last week, we talked about getting ready. How, how do you get ready for the return of the Lord? Jesus is coming. We see the signs. How do you get ready? You, you can't make it on somebody else's oil. You have to have your own oil. And now let's pick up and be, be all together going forward. Look, I am coming soon. Jesus is coming. He says this, my reward is with me. What happens when Jesus returns? He says, my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. When Jesus returns, there will be two judgments, two judgments. There will be the great white throne judgment that's an unbeliever's judgment, a judgment for unbelievers, and we're going to study this next week. People have questions, is there a hell? What happens in this place called hell? Who goes to this place? We're going to look at that next week. The great white throne judgment, unbelievers' judgment. And then there's a second judgment that you clearly see in the Scripture, and that, that's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the believer's judgment, the believer's judgment. Come on, everybody say this word with me. Everybody say judgment. Yeah, judgment, judgment, judgment. <laughs> Court is in session. Judgment, judgment. A judgment is made based on the evidence. Many of us have watched different television shows that that our court case shows where there's a judge, and, and no matter if it's Judge Judy or Judge Mathis or Judge Joe Brown or Judge Millian or Judge Hatchet, that the judgment is based on the evidence presented to the judge. Court is in session. And when Jesus comes, the Bible clearly says that, that we will all enter heaven's courtroom. Even Christians will enter heaven's courtroom, and there will be a judgment. We will all face judgment. And, and as a believer, our, our judgment that we face isn't a heaven or hell judgment. The, the judgment that you and I face is, did we, what, do we do, what do we do with our life? How do we live our life? Not heaven or hell. You see, heaven is a free gift for everyone who trusts in Jesus. But heaven will not be a place where everyone is treated equally. Somebody said, what? Yeah, I'll hear that now. Heaven is a 
free gift for all who receive Jesus. But not everyone will be treated equally in heaven. Everybody will have a wonderful experience, but not treated equally. Now, I don't know everything about heaven. I don't claim to know everything about heaven. I've never been to heaven. There are some that say they have died and they have seen heaven. There are books out about people who say they have seen heaven. There, there are movies out about people who have seen heaven. I've never seen heaven. I have not been to heaven. So, I don't know everything there is to know about heaven, but I do want to dive into the Scriptures and I want us to look at this whole subject of the afterlife and and judgment day. And I want us to all realize that there are rewards for us in heaven based on how we live here on earth. That's clear in the Bible. The first courtroom judgment that, that will take place is the great white throne judgment. And, and on this judgment is simply based on this question. What did you do with my son? What did you do with my son? It's about your faith. The second judgment that I want to focus on today, quarters in session, is the judgment seat of Christ. And this judgment is, what did you do with your life? It's about your works. The first judgment is, what did you do with my son? It's about your faith. The second judgment is, what did you do with your life? It's about your works. Heaven's courtroom. Let's look at the scripture today. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, heaven's courtroom, that, we, that each one may receive what is due him. For the things, notice this, done while in the body, whether good or bad. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Heaven's going to be wonderful for everyone, but not everybody will be treated equally. They're going to be rewarded according to what they have done. First Corinthians chapter 3 gives us even more insight to the judgment seat of Christ. Notice this in 1 Corinthians chapter eight, and, uh, chapter 3, beginning in verse number 8, as Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was writing to the church at Corinth. He was writing to a body of believers. He was writing to a church, and he says this, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be, notice this, rewarded according to their own, their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, talking about God's people, Christians, we're co-workers in God's service. We're co-laborers with God. He goes on to say, you are God's field. You're God's building. You're, you're the church. You're, you're Christians. You're God's field. You're, you're God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And some, someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Let me pause here. Paul says we should be careful how we build. You and I should be careful how we live our lives. We should be careful how we treat others. We should care, be careful how we talk. Be careful how he 
builds because there are rewards in heaven. Verse 11 says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Please understand that it's not just what you do, but it's also why you do what you do. Judgment Day, because you can do things for all the wrong reasons. And on that day, it's, the Scripture says, His work will be shown for what it is, because the day, the day, the day, Judgment Day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, the, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward, his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. You see, there are some Christians that think that Christianity is just about going to heaven, so they don't honor Jesus with their life on earth. But God doesn't just want us to go to heaven. He wants our lives to count on earth and to live our lives for Him on earth that we can receive every reward that He has prepared for us. And yet, I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'll just be glad to get to heaven. I don't care about them rewards. The fire can be burning my hind end. Just get me in. But God has so much more for you than that. There are rewards that God has for you in heaven based on how you live your life on earth. And we can get so carnal-minded. We can begin to think this earth is it. We can begin to think, I just want to get to heaven. But God says, for his people, I've got so much more for you. And based on how you live your life, I'm coming soon. And I have my reward with me. And based on how you live your life for me will determine the reward that you'll receive in the life to come. Today, I want to zoom in on four rewards you can receive in heaven's courtroom. Four rewards you can receive in heaven's courtroom. Man, I want your life to count. I want my life to count. I want us to be all that God desires us to be and live with heaven on our mind. The first reward is the crown of life the crown of life. And I, I, several years ago, I, I dived in and talked briefly about these crowns. And I want to just look at the crowns because my, my heart is, let's get our minds on heaven. We can get so earthly minded. There's a heaven. There are rewards. There is eternity, the crown of life. And this reward is for people who stay faithful to Jesus during trials. Notice in James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Revelations chapter 2 and verse 10 says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful. Notice that. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. People's church, don't miss out on your rewards because of trials. You see, many Christians, they can praise God and serve God when everything is going good. But the real test of our faith 
the real test of our maturity in Christ is how we praise and serve God when things are going bad. Not necessarily when things are going good, but when there's trials and there's persecution. Come on, I'm not asking you, can you serve God when everything's going your way? I'm asking, how do you serve and praise God when you lost your job? How do you praise and serve God when you didn't get the promotion? How do you praise and serve God when they lied on you? How do you praise and serve God when people did you wrong? How do you praise and serve God when you didn't get healed? How do you praise and serve God when you're in the middle of a crisis? And that's the real test. And Jesus says, be faithful. Even the devil, he will put some of you in prison to test you. Be faithful even to the point of death. And this is for somebody today. You've got to learn to persevere through trials. You've got to learn to serve God and praise God even when life is difficult and you're facing hell and high water and nothing's going your way. Things seem to get worse instead of getting better. You've got to learn to take a licking and keep on ticking because there's a reward for you. There's a reward. It's, it's, it's the crown of life. If you'll learn to be faithful to God when you face trials, don't be moved in your faith. Stay faithful to Jesus. There's a reward. Number two is this. Jesus says, I'm coming. My reward is with me. Number two, the crown of glory. The crown of glory. And this reward is for spiritual leaders who serve God and his people faithfully. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 says, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, Jesus is coming. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. When a pastor, when a shepherd of God's church is faithful, God says, I'm going to reward them with the crown of glory. I want you to know as your pastor, I want that crown of glory. I want to be a faithful shepherd of the flock of God. And for all of you who desire to be a pastor, a minister, a preacher, a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, let me remind you what will take place on Judgment Day. James chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I take teaching God's Word to you very seriously. Being a shepherd, being a teacher of God's Word is serious business. You ought to be careful visiting somebody's church, introducing yourself. I'm apostle such and such. I'm prophetess so and so. I'm minister such and so. Well, you better be careful saying that because you'll be judged more strictly. And those who labor faithfully as shepherds of God's flock will receive the crown of glory. Number three, there's a third reward that I want us to look at today because Jesus is coming and his reward is with us. It's not just about getting to heaven. There are rewards for us 
in heaven, this wonderful place. Number three is this, the crown of righteousness, the crown of righteousness. And this is for people who, lived a, who live a life dedicated to Jesus and long for his appearing. Scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, for I am already being poured out. Paul says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The crown of righteousness is for people who live full and die empty. They're sold out to Jesus Christ. They're dedicated to the cause of Christ and to building his kingdom. They're so dedicated, they live longing for his appearing. They're yearning for the appearing of the Lord. And that's how the apostle Paul lived. Paul came to the end of his life as he's pinning these words to, to his son in the faith, Timothy. As he's writing these words, he's at the end of his life and he says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race that Jesus set before me. I kept the faith. Paul said, I have been poured out like a drink offering. Paul says, my entire life since I've given it to Christ has been all about pouring my life out for the cause of Christ. Hadn't always been easy. I could have just lived for myself. I could have just, just done things my own way. I could have just lived for convenience and for comfort, but he says, no, no, I, I have been poured out like a drink offering for the cause of Christ. This has caused me to be shipwrecked. It's called me to, caused me to be beaten with rods. It's caused me to be talked about. It's caused me to be thrown in prison. But he says, you know what? I still fought the good fight. I had my mind on eternity. I've been poured out like a drink offering. So when I stand before the judge, listen, I'm going to receive all of my rewards because I poured my life out to build his kingdom. People, church, what are you pouring your life out for? Whose kingdom are you building? Really? Why do you wake up every day? What's work all about to you? Who are you pouring your life out for? Paul said, I pour my life out. I've been poured out like a drink offering. For the cause of Christ. And I've dedicated my life to serving Jesus and building his church. And I long for his appearing. I've lived full and I will die empty. And I will receive the crown of righteousness. Number four. Number four. Oh Lord, help us to live life with heaven on our mind. Number four is the crown of rejoicing, the crown of rejoicing. As you look in commentaries, and I, I looked in commentaries and just, just studying this whole crown of rejoicing, and many, many co people in, uh, writing commentaries say that, that, that they call it the soul winner's crown. The, the, this, this crown is for those who bring people to faith in Christ. They're soul winners. First, 
Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It, is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Paul said, listen, my hope, my joy, you know, this crown of rejoicing that I'm believing I'll receive from the Lord is, your, is, is that you will be standing in God's presence. You, you're going to be in heaven with me. I didn't go to heaven by myself. No, I poured my life out to take as many people to heaven with me. And friends, we should all desire to be soul winners, to desire to, to receive the crown of rejoicing, to, to desire not just us for and no more, but to take as many people as with us as possible to heaven. Soul winners. Let me just talk to you for a few minutes about the heart of God and being a soul winner. Number one is this. We are soul winners when we share our faith. When we share, how do we receive the crown of rejoicing? When we share our faith, we're soul winners. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise, is wise. And please understand, every follower of Christ, God's called all of us to be soul winners. Just a question for you to think about your own life. When's the last time you shared your faith with someone? Because you realize, I'm, I'm a soul winner. You're being wise. You're not trying to irritate anybody, but you've just been wise and you're sharing your faith. Because God's called you to be a soul winner. Not only has God called us as individuals, as Christians, to be soul winners, but God has called his church, collectively, the church of Jesus Christ, to be soul winners. Listen, can I tell you, People's Church, we are a soul-winning church. The reason we launched Midwest City three years ago, and the hundreds over, of you over at Midwest City, there are several hundred that went as the core group to launch that church. And, and to, I mean, that church runs 1,000, 11, 12, 13, 1,400 folks, and, and every weekend people come to Christ because people said my life is going to be a soul winning life. The reason we're launching the Northwest Oklahoma City location in just a few short weeks is we're going to win more souls for the Lord Jesus Christ and hundreds of you are going to go and make a difference to win more people to Jesus Christ. The reason we have the day of hope and we invest literally thousands upon thousands of dollars to try to help families to try to help come along families because it's a difficult time for many families to buy school supplies and backpacks and now they got uniforms and all the medical and, and dental and all the things that we help provide. Why do we do that? So that we can be the arms and feet of Jesus, so that we can show and share the love of Jesus Christ, so that a soul will be touched and want to come to Jesus. You say, Pastor, why do we go to schools and fix up schools and go into schools and paint them and, and spend thousands of dollars landscaping them and doing projects and building stages for them? Why do we do that? Because we want to win more souls to Jesus Christ, that our life would count, that this church would count and be known by Jesus Christ as a soul-winning church. We're soul winners when we share our faith. There's a, there's, a second, there's a second I want you to see, a second insight about being a soul winner, and that is this. We are soul winners when we live our lives for Christ, when we live our lives for Christ. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. I like the old saying, 
preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. How we live matters. Talking the gospel is good. Living the gospel is even more powerful. Your life matters. Can I tell you, some of you are great soul winners because your life doesn't look like the world. And you talk different and you respond different and you act different at work. You don't have a bad attitude. You treat people right. People look at you and say, there's something different about you. And some of you don't even know it, but people are coming to faith in Christ. They're being drawn by the power of the Holy Spirit through your life because you're living a life for Jesus Christ, and you don't even realize that there's going to be a crown of rejoicing for you because of how you live. You live with heaven on your mind to please the Lord Jesus Christ. You're letting your light shine in darkness. You're not covering your light up with a bow, but you're letting your little light shine. And how you live matters. Preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. Number three is this, the crown of rejoicing, being a soul winner. We are soul winners when we invest our resources into building God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And so many of us live this way. We think just about earth about ourselves, about here and now. But Jesus says, don't do that. Don't just store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And friends, when we invest our treasure into building God's kingdom, we're going to receive rewards in heaven as lives are being changed and transformed, transformed through our generosity. I just want to encourage somebody in this place today. You're a tither. Many of you are giving to dream builders or giving to support a missionary or giving to help the poor in this city or in another city. And you're, you're, you're giving, you're investing in God's kingdom to build his kingdom. Not only is God going to bless you now, but I want you to live with heaven on your mind. You're sending rewards forward by your generosity to build God's kingdom. And there will be treasures in heaven for you as you are winning people to, Lord, to the Lord through your resources. Can I tell you, some of you, you're sitting by somebody, get used to them because you're going to be fan, fanning them and feeding them grapes in heaven because they've been sending it forward and you've been stingy. You don't like my analogy, do you? I don't care. Send it forward. You can be blessed too. There's tre- I want you to live with a heaven on your mind. There's literally treasures in heaven. There is. As you invest in God's kingdom. There's a, a fourth, a fourth insight I want you to see about being a soul winner, man, our, our sharing our faith, our lives, our resources. Number four, we are soul winners when we invest our time and talent into building God's kingdom. We call this around People's Church, if you're new around here, we call investing our time, talent, and treasure, we call that being a dream builder. When people do it in every facet of their life, their time, their talent, their treasure, we call them dream builders. And, and when we use our time and talent to build God's kingdom, listen, we are soul winners. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says, each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
And friends, when you serve at People's Church, you are using your time and your talent to win souls to Christ. You know, one of the things that is interesting to me and always catches me off guard is when I see somebody maybe at the grocery store out in the community and they come up to me and say, hey, I go to your church. I go, I go to your church. Yeah, I go to Herbert Cooper's church. First of all, this is not my church. <laughs> this is God's church. And the, and the second thing is this. If this is about Herbert Cooper, show up next Sunday and don't have any sound men and no cameras and all of the folks volunteering in our band for four services, getting here early in the morning, the tech crew in the back running all the technology. Show up next Sunday and there's nobody in the parking lot. There's no greeters at the door. There's no ushers. There's nobody serving in our kids' ministry to drop your kids off. Just show, show up next Sunday and experience a church with just me standing here. With no mic. Serve the Lord. You're going to say, this is not Herbert Cooper's church. This environment that we all love called People's Church is created because people just like you are serving. And when you pull up, they're in the parking lot, and there's greeters, and there's people in the kids' ministry. And there are people literally that come to Jesus Christ. A man showed up on Father's Day with a hard heart, got dragged here by his kids, but came anyways, thinking, I don't like church, not, I don't like God, don't like preachers and he came and somebody greeted him in the parking lot and he couldn't believe the friendly smile and then nice to him in the in in the lobby greeted him and then dropped his kids off and thought man these people are nice is this real are these people crazy they smoking some why are these people so nice and got in the building and you were nice to them when they sat by you and when they said shake hands you didn't go I don't shake hands no, you shook their hand, and, and his heart was touched. And by the time the worship started and the message was getting ready to be preached, his heart was soft. He was open to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ, not because of the preacher, because of the parking lot, because of the greeter, because of the kids' ministry. It matters when we use our gift to serve in God's church. Lives are changed. And last week, around 100 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. And the week before that at People's Church, and the week before that, 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 and the week before that. This summer, 200 and some folks have already been baptized. Why? Because people are using their gift to serve others. And Jesus said, Revelations 22 and verse 12, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I'll give to each person according to what they have done. What are you pouring your life out for? Are you pouring your life out like the Apostle Paul? Are you living full and dying empty? Jesus, I'm going to build your kingdom. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to use my talents. I don't want to make it in heaven and there's still something left in the tank. I want to be like the Apostle Paul. And I want to pour out my life like a drink offering. I want to give it all for you, Jesus. I want to serve you. I want you to have everything that's in me. I want to pour my life out for your cause. I don't want to be comfortable and convenient and make it all about me. 
Jesus, take every drop of me and use me for your glory to make a difference and build your kingdom. And when you live full and you die empty, there will be a reward for you.